You are listening to the Tudor History and Travel Show, Travel Essentials, the place to be for all the best top tips and inspiration for planning your Tudor adventures. So, let's get ready to hit the road with Sarah Morris, the Tudor Travel Guide. time traveling friends yes it is indeed Sarah the Tudor travel guide here and welcome back to this month's episode of the Tudor history and travel show travel essentials the show which helps you get on the road and make the most of your trips and visits here in the UK to see some of your favorite Tudor places Okay, so just to remind you, of course, this is going out as a podcast, but as ever, I am recording this show and this is also posted on my YouTube channel. If you are interested in seeing the recording of this show, then just head over to YouTube and type in The Tudor Travel Show so that you can join me there. And of course, do make sure that you hit that subscribe and the little bell button so you know when all my latest videos are going live. Okay, well, back to today's show. Well, here we are in April and spring is definitely springing here in the UK. Still a bit chilly at the moment, but we've had a glimpse of what's to come. And I am also delighted to be able to give you a little bit of a COVID update because I know many of you particularly those of you overseas, not really to mention those of us here in the UK, are dying to get back on the road. And COVID, of course, has been keeping us pinned inside. Well, here in the UK, nearly half the adult population has now been vaccinated. And the government is telling us that it is on track to vaccinate all adults, uh, folk over 18 in the UK by the end of July, which is great news. And we are actually seeing positive effects of the vaccination programme. So infection rates, death rates, are the death rates on hospitalisation rates are certainly falling. And despite the fact that uh, our restrictions are being lifted, schools are back, people are getting out, the infection rates are staying low. So this is great news, folks. And it definitely gives us hope that now that the heritage and culture section, sector is reopening here in the UK. In fact, I think next week, the 12th of April, is when uh, doors are going to be beginning to open all across the country. We can start to look forward to getting out on the road again. So that is such great news. Now, for those of you who are overseas, we are still not quite clear about where the government here in the UK is going regarding its attitude to people flying back into the UK. We are due to get some announcements shortly and there will be a apparently a traffic light system. So certain countries will be graded red, amber, green, depending upon, I think, two factors. First of all, the current levels of vaccination rate in the country affected and uh, or in question. And secondly, um, whether there are any dangerous new strains that have occurred. So we're waiting for the details of that. And of course, in next month's show, I'll bring you up to date. But it's a bit of a movable feast, isn't it? Things are changing all the time. But anyway, we hope that we'll all be out there again shortly. OK, so... In a moment, I am going to be welcoming back my usual travel buddy to the show. That's Philippa Brule from British History Tours. And we're going to be tackling the question of the month, your travel question of the month. And then, as you are aware, if you've been tuning into the this show so far, normally I have a guest and then go on to talk about up-and-coming events that you can tune into. Well, in this month's show, I'm going to roll those together, and I have a very special guest coming along, and that's Brigitte Webster from TudorExperience.com. And I'm going to be talking to Brigitte about a very special event that I'm holding in conjunction with her later on in the year. So stay tuned for all the information regarding that. So with that, let's get on with the show. And it's time for me to welcome Philippa back to Travel Essentials. Hello, Philippa. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me back again. Oh, it's good, isn't it? I do look forward to this. It's wonderful. How are you doing this week? What's going on for you? Really good, thank you. Yeah, quite busy um, doing uh, some British history videos for YouTube and uh, and also looking now towards planning for the tours for 2022 with British yeah. History Tours. I'm very excited about that. Yes. It's nice. It's nice to be thinking about getting out and about again and uh, 
and and yeah and inviting people you know welcoming people back to this country which is of course what we love doing so yes getting getting cautiously excited now I'm so with you. In the intro, I was just telling people about where we are with COVID and vaccinations and that things are opening up. So yes, I share your excitement, particularly as we're going to be hitting the road together next year as well. And I can't wait to be talking more with people and with you about that with everybody. So that'll be good, won't it? Very, but yes, we've got some fab stuff planned. And um, yeah, I mean, hopefully as well, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to get together at some some places in the summer as well, aren't we? We're sort of planning yeah. to see if we can uh, go exploring. <laughs> We've got a whole smorgasbord of stuff coming up. And and actually, on that note, we'll, we'll come back to that at the end of our chat. But why don't we just dive into tackling today's questions? So what are mm -hmm. we looking at today, Philippa? So we're looking at what to pack if you're coming to the UK. And the reason we thought this would be a good topic is because we have the most well we think i suppose the most varied weather uh the most varied walking surfaces i was thinking about this the other day if you're coming to go to heritage sites you are going to be on pavement sometimes you're going to be in on the grass in mud at other times so, <laughs> so i thought let's just have a look what is your what are the things that we would say make sure you bring with you and have on you while you're uh while you're traveling around our heritage sites um from from personal experience as to what you were uh, you know what you need what, what I wish I had with me sometimes if I've forgotten it so we're Good. going to do that Good. and in a week where it uh, has demonstrated it perfectly because I was sat reading in the garden uh, a few days ago and then a few days after that we had snow so <laughs> incredible wasn't it I was also just mentioning how you know we've had a we've had a peak at summertime but then it was just ripped away from us and there were blizzards outside of my window so yeah if you'd come dressed for summer you really would have felt it yeah oh yes yes I mean I was I was feeling the sun on Saturday you know you you had to cover your shoulders or put suntan lotion on uh, yeah, and then two days later or something, we were very much back inside. So so this question of what to pack, obviously, therefore, mm. is very much dependent on what time of year you come. However, you yeah. know, there are some safer periods of time, I guess, where you can be reasonably certain it's going to be warmer and you're not going to get snow. But there are these transition periods in our weather where it really is, you could be in really feeling like it's summer conditions or it could be feeling like winter and you really don't know yeah. what you're going to get so what's what are you what are you where how are you going to tackle that what are you going to suggest and I'll dive in along the way and maybe lob in a few thoughts okay well just to follow up on that then it's very good uh point March and April I would say you can get anything from full-on summer temperatures to snow um but snow is very I mean it, it's unlikely you know th this week has been a little bit freakish it's unusual so but yeah uh, but as you move into sort of end of April May onwards you can be fairly sure that we're going to be either mild temperatures or warm um you know when we say it's gone cold we're talking about it being in the low you know zero to low celsius uh which I think is low 70s or high high 60s in Fahrenheit which um to some people isn't that cold so we are quite uh we like our warm weather here I think um so yeah but when you go into summer it's more the the wet you know we're yeah. known for the rain um last summer was absolutely fabulous it's such a shame that it wasn't a traveling year because we had the most amazing summer so don't be don't be thinking as well that england's gray and dull and you're not going to get sunburnt because you very very much can get sunburnt in one day in in england so one of the things that um that i always carry around with me um as a, as a woman and so the the men need some sort of uh but I, would, I would suggest they would need something as well is i carry around with me like a pashmina or a cotton shawl mm -hmm. um which can either cover your shoulders you know if you do get caught in the sun for instance if you go to the tower of london i've always managed to get burnt at the tower of london because a lot of it is actually outside and you you stood there looking at everything and mm. and you can find yourself caught out so but also equally it doubles up as a scarf if, if things get get a bit cooler um so that's one thing I would definitely say I use that I don't go anywhere without uh without a, a pashmina or cotton shawl so for men I would say hat or something something similar um to to keep yourself covered if you do find yourself uh, yes. caught out in the sun 
Yes, I often, um, often that transition period, if I go for the t-shirt, I'll just, a bit like you, just a really light top yes. that can be easily folded up and put into a bag. Mm. Just having that other, that extra layer can make all the difference during those sort of transition periods in our weather where it can be, you know, quite warm one minute or then it starts to get towards the end of the day or, you know, the, the weather can yeah. change and it's nice to have that extra layer. Yeah, so obviously it could be quite breezy um, and that, that can change the temperature quite quickly. So it's just, it's really useful to have with you. If you're near the coast, obviously as well, you're more likely to um, yes. to have, you know, the wind dies down, it's boiling. The wind whips up, you're freezing. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a good thing to have with you. Um, so that's one thing. And you mentioned there a bag and it was just going to say, you know, just a, a backpack, um, but just be careful some places um you you just have to have, you have to do that that thing where you wear your backpack on the front like the tower of london and places like that won't let you have your backpack on your back so what i do as well backpacks are great obviously for keeping in uh, you know your your top for if it goes cool or your suntan lotion or whatever else your water um but uh i also have a little sort of pouch bag that i that i have so that everything i need quickly I can get at mm. um because you're going to be tickets or phone or whatever that you're going to need to bring out um at, at periods so and and of course you're going to be taking photographs wherever you go I presume so <laughs> you know have some something like a small bag for quick access um, yeah items yeah and I you know um I don't know whether I'm taking well I'm not taking us off topic but I might be moving slightly you talked about wet weather and I think that's the thing you do really have to be prepared for here isn't it it's the whole mm. wet weather scenario so I don't know what do, I, I'll share with you what I take around that at the moment but what what about what's what's your top tips for for that so my top tips are an umbrella obviously because again that will help if you get caught out in the sun or or the, mm. the rain obviously um but the 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 biggest one for me I think is, is the shoes <laughs> Because I, whatever you're doing, you're going to be walking a lot. And I, I'm, when I'm out and about, I've got a pair of nice Gore-Tex, basically waterproof trainers, so they're comfortable. And if I get caught out in the rain, I'm not going to um, to get soggy feet or, or ruin a nice pair of leather shoes. So um, they would be what I would yes. recommend for, for wet weather. Because you're quite right. You know, a lot of the um, particularly English heritage sites maybe – um you are outdoors these are ruins and mm. you're going to be encountering a lot of grass maybe some grass paths they can get quite muddy so yeah. you definitely need not only comfy footwear but i think relatively um uh waterproof um and and of course climbing up and down into you know i'm thinking of certain ruined castles you know where they've they've, they've built the staircases so you can get in and out but you know un, we're talking uneven slippery surfaces as well so yeah. you might want to bear that in mind with your with your footwear um and i think you know i've said this before and everybody always laughs at me but i say it anyway i i never go anywhere without my waterproof trousers unless unless it's guaranteed that the sun is going to shine all day. I will because one thing they're quite easy to pack because you know you you can roll them up quite tight, so they're quite easy to shove into a bag. And if it does rain, oh, I hate getting wet jeans. That's just the worst thing for me. So, um, and also they're actually quite good for being windproof. So if you if you're it, it is cold, and mm. you are near the coast, for example. They're not only good for protecting you against uh, uh, the rain, but um, but also wind as well. So that, I, I, yeah, I just I take my waterproof trousers with me everywhere I go. <laughs> Certainly for winter, I, I agree. The, the windproof thing. It can. It, I go down to uh, Portsmouth every winter to see the Mary Rose and and take a trip up to South Sea and and you got buffeted. You know, you're on the coast. It's December. And uh, yeah, so I can I can see the uh, the, the the wish for windproof mm. and waterproof trousers. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Anything else, or have we have we covered? Because I know there's you know there's only a limited amount really that you know we can talk about here. So anything else about the seasons that we should be saying? I'm just thinking. Um. Uh, well, I would. I just would say make sure you do 
put a little pot of suntan lotion or a sun stick or something in um, because our days can be quite changeable. You know, they can start warm and get cold or they can start cold and get warm with, you know, mm. it's lovely when we get a period of stable weather, but it's not guaranteed. I think because of our position near mm. the near the Atlantic, et cetera. So, um, so yeah, just that. And then, and then like you say, like, you know, you waterproof layers or a top or a shawl, something where you can layer up because again, the temperature can change quite uh, quite drastically in in the day. So, yeah. and then the only last thing I was thinking, actually, so it's two, but more practical, more technical kind of stuff is power pack. So if you're using, you know, you don't want, especially now where probably tickets are electronic and etc. You know, you don't want your phone um, to uh, to run out of battery. So power pack, I take everywhere with me. And I think they're fairly inexpensive now. Mm. And the other thing, of course, if you're coming from abroad is plug adapters. And just remember, if you're going into Europe as well, we use different ones. So you're going to need a different one for the UK to uh, to mainland Europe. Um, but they were, they were the two things. They're the things that you'd kick yourself if you've got to repurchase them and you've already got them. Yeah. you know in a bag in the loft yeah. <laughs> really good points really good points yes a power pack thing i've only recently come across power packs but they save your life when you're at particularly if you're a prodigious photo taker and let's face it most of us will be when we're most seeing our us. favorite our favorite cultural places so absolutely and yeah. i was just wanting i was just thinking about winter actually i know we've talked about yeah. winter before here um, yeah. I always think of winter sets in um, in October when the clocks go back. Mm. So in, in uh, towards the end of October, our clocks go back an hour. The days get a lot shorter. Um, it obviously starts to get a lot colder. I would say that our coldest months are uh, January and February these days. I think as a youngster, I used to remember November and December being just as cold. But quite often... It, it's those early months in the in the yeah. just sort of January and February where you really feel it. But I would say, I, you know, if people think that there's going to be a lot of snow here in winter. It just doesn't happen so much. I think in in generations gone by, you know, my my parents tell tales of six foot deep snow. You know that they had to shovel their way out of the house to you know get a path. But we rarely get that. A, that amount of snow I mean we obviously sometimes it happens but it's quite rare mm. isn't it you're more likely to just get mm. cold gray and more drizzly rain than 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 a lot of snow yeah I think that's um it must be perpetuated by the Christmas card scenes of cottages in snow and and yeah and I think even then I remember my dad telling me about you know snow drifts huge snow drifts but even then it's not ev it wasn't every year I mean we go for years without getting any snow yes, at all don't days. we mm. but yeah I think if um you're right it's, it's January February time if we're going to get any that that we that we would um I actually quite like traveling in the winter because I it's less changeable you just know it's going to be cold yes <laughs> yes, yes. So you get dressed once and that's all you need there's no changing layers around I actually quite like it and, and on our still days you know it's not always windy and drizzly or anything like that and, and on a cool crisp winter day um it's sort of for me it's like perfect conditions especially if you're going to a heritage site as well because it's likely to be quieter mm. so you maybe have the place to yourself and if you're again like us with the avid photograph taking it's fab because you get some fabulous photographs against nice blue skies um with nobody in them yeah which is great. yeah so, I yeah I, mean, I certainly wouldn't be put off by traveling here in the winter at all I, I think it's quite pleasant yeah, I agree with you. There's nothing like a, a crisp winter day. And actually, you know, if you would encounter an English person at this time of year, one of the big laments, you know, the conversation you can strike up as you're, is, oh, you know, you don't know what to wear, do you? That That's <laughs> such a, you know, that is a sort of the conversation. So if you make, meet an English person and you want to strike up and be sociable at this time of year when the seasons are changing and one minute you're getting rain and the next minute you're getting hot sun, that's the thing that you can kick off. What don't you think? Philippa that's a that's a winner that is, so funny. That is absolutely <laughs> that is so funny yes because that's true 
Oh, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for that. So, um, yeah, that's our little, our top tips for, for packing. And um, as Philippa says, we're so looking forward to everybody being able to make it back to the UK. But unusually, this isn't the end of our chat today because we wanted to use this chance of Philippa and I being together to talk to you about one of our latest ventures. Now, no doubt some mm -hmm. of you will have seen us talking about this on social media, on Instagram and Facebook, etc. But since we were together, Philippa, we thought it would be good actually to bring it to life a little bit more uh, in conversation. So we have recently started a couple of clubs on Clubhouse. Now, if you haven't heard about Clubhouse yet, um, it is a new social media platform, but the difference with all the other social media platforms you will know about so far is it's 100% audio and it's live. So essentially once you're on the platform you can find topics that interest you and people are creating rooms where they're talking about oh my goodness all sorts of different things and unsurprisingly Philippa myself and uh, Kat from uh, Reading the Past and Catherine Brooks from the Tudor Tracker have got together to create two new history-based clubs on Clubhouse so do you want to tell us about them Philippa? Yeah. So we've got the History and Culture Club, uh, where we cover all sorts of anything that really becomes comes under history and culture. And we're hoping that grows as well so that we, we can encompass other cultures and history from other um, countries as well. We, we're really keen to do that. And then we have the Tudor History Club, which is, uh, I think, all of our first loves, uh, where we get to chat about... Um, figures and events and anything we can think of actually to do with the uh, Tudor history um yeah we yeah. love doing that yeah and um so we've got rooms running throughout the week so the way clubhouse works is that you schedule rooms and we have several um regular rooms scheduled throughout the week so we have rooms on a monday uh yeah. at 5 p.m gmt uh, we have an, a morning room on a Wednesday, 8.30 a.m. And we have your history after dark at 8.15 in the evening GMT. So that's a completely different time of day. Uh, we've also got rooms scheduled on a Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. And then a week on Saturday. So I think that's the 17th of April. You and I, mm -hmm. Philippa, along with Deb Royal from the Tudor Times, are going to be starting a new room, which is all about visiting Tudor places. So very relevant to what we're talking yeah. about here and that's going to be called visiting Tudor Britain and we're basically um, in the other rooms we talk a lot about people and events as you were saying Philippa this room we're going to be really putting the spotlight on some of our favorite places that are just dripping in Tudor history so there's a lot for you guys to get your teeth into and I suppose the only thing I would say just picking up on your point Philippa is you know, if you have a particular love of history and you are based elsewhere in the world and you'd love to bring your history of your country, your region to life, then we'd be very happy to hear from you because once you're a member of the club, you can start up your own history room within the umbrella of the club. And uh, by contacting us, we can make sure that that is open to everybody. So um, we've been hope we've been uh, making hopefully... Um, Invites available to folk, haven't we, Philippa? Um, what have yes. you been up to on that front? Yes, so with the clubs now, we can send out invites um, to anyone to come and join the club, even if they are not currently on Clubhouse, and that is the way you can get on. Um, so uh, I've just been asking people to either email me or uh, direct message me on Instagram, and I send them back an invite which uh, happened last night in last night's room. 10 minutes before, a lady asked for an invite and she was able to join the room. So it's working quite well. That's brilliant. Yes, yeah, so so ditto. So what's just for those people who might want to know, what's your email address? How can they contact you? Yes, yeah, so you can contact me, philippa at britishhistorytours.com or you can um, direct message me on Instagram. I'm at british underscore history underscore tours. And um, 
for myself, you can contact me at sarah at thetudortravelguide.com or you can find me the Tudor Travel Guide on Instagram. And again, just as Philippa said, you can direct message me. And uh, we have some spare invites. So if you're on iPhone, and it is iPhone only, but that will be changing very soon. Hopefully in May, it will be right. opening to Android users. And so we really will be then be able to open our arms and welcome everybody in. But as I say, at the moment, you have to be on iPhone and you do need an invite. But if you're interested in joining us, and it's so, I, I don't know about you, Philippa, but I am loving Clubhouse because unlike the other social media platforms, we get to chat live and people can come up and talk to us and ask questions and put their point of view. And it's so interactive. Um, yeah. A, I'm learning loads, but it's such fun. That's what I was, I was about to say, is interactive. So, and it's because it's in real time as well. It's not like people leave a comment and then you comment back a day later or, or whatever. You know, it's there and then we're having a chat. Um, and, and, and don't feel pressured as well. If you want to come in and just listen, that's also absolutely fine. There's no pressure at all to have to speak. Um, I know that that gets some people nervous, but at the same time, if you had a burning question or a burning comment that you wanted to make on the topic that we've got, then then you're welcome to join in the conversation as well. So I, I find it a very friendly um, platform, uh, very well behaved and well mannered and just really yeah interactive and interesting it is fabulous but i'm enjoying it very much and uh you know there are people followers people being following and you'll be the same philippa people who've been following the tutor travel guide for ages and now i get to speak to them live because they're on the platform which is lovely and so yeah. just to say to you folks listening that you know we we um sometimes it's just the four of us holding a room or two of us or three of us but we also are getting guests in so last mm -hmm. night philippa was interviewing gareth russell about the titanic and we will be having other historians joining us as guests and then as we all get out and about on the road, we are going to do some live rooms from on location. So literally towards the end of the month, I will be standing somewhere next to something that's got to do with Tudor history. And I will be describing it to you and you'll be able to ask questions about it and you'll be able to say, what does this look like? What was that? And, and hopefully you'll get a real sense of history coming into your front room, wherever you are in the world. So we're looking, I know we're looking forward to that, aren't we? Yes, very much so. I'm going, I'm practicing my description skills so that I can paint <laughs> pictures with words. <laughs> yes, that's going to shot. That's definitely going to be honing our skills. So anyway, guys, I really hope you can join us. We've, as, as I said, you just need to contact us via our email addresses or DM on uh, Instagram and an invite will hopefully be winging its way to you. Well, with that, Philippa, that's all for our chat today. Um, and we'll be returning, of course, uh, next next month. I was going to say next week, but no, next month. So I'm going to look forward to that. Thanks so much for coming along today and sharing your thoughts, top tips with us. You're very welcome. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, everybody. Well, that's a big thank you to Philippa for joining us again this month. And so now I want to go straight over to my next guest, who is an old friend of the Tudor Travel Guide. Many of you will know her because she does a regular monthly contribution to the blog, uh, a food blog all about Tudor food, so a chance to taste Tudor history. And that is, of course, Brigitta Webster from TudorExperience.com. So let's bring in Brigitta straight away and uh, dive into the next part of our conversation. Hello, Brigitta. Welcome to Travel Essentials. Hello. Very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good to see you. It's been so long. So for those listeners, Brigitta and I have known each other a few years now and we've met uh, different Tudor places but of course with Covid we've all been locked down and we haven't seen each other for well over a year so it's lovely to have you here. Well as you can see I am Brigitte and um, I am in a very fortunate position that I actually live in a true Tudor manor house. Yes. Um, which was built by Yorkists, which is just unreal. Um, it, it's, it's probably one of the finest small Tudor manor houses in the country because it still has a few 
authentic special Tudor features. Not very well known um, because it's been in private hands for so long, but I have decided it needs to be seen, it needs to be appreciated by the public. So I'm going to open my home up to them. So, so, of course, this part of the show, normally, I'm inviting a guest along to recommend to us a, an amazing historic place to stay. And then I was thinking, Brigitte, of course, Brigitte's got her own amazing historic place to stay. So that's one of the reasons I really wanted to bring you on today. And we're going to dive into that in a moment. You can tell us a little bit about the history of the old hall and what you're doing there. But then just to say for the listeners, um, stay tuned, folks, because Brigitte and I are running a special collaborative event in August this year. And we want to tell you, tell you and talk to you all about that. But let's come back to that in a moment. So you do indeed have this amazing property, which I cannot wait to see. So it's the Old Hall. Can you tell us where you are in the country? And then maybe give us a little snippet of its history. Yeah, of course. Well, we are in Tudor County, Norfolk. Um, and we are based in a tiny village just outside Norwich, about 10 minutes drive southeast. Um, and the house was built by a Sir Edward Chamberlain in about 1514. So Henry VIII would have been in the prime. Yeah, a young and lusty king. <laughs> and um, in typical Tudor fashion, things were added or replaced, but the majority of the house is still Tudor in its fabric. We do have a few repair works that are quite obvious once you know where they are. For instance, our south wall collapsed in 1818 and had to be replaced. So there's lots and lots of stories I am at the moment discovering myself. But we have original fireplaces that we use. Indeed, wow. we have to use because uh, there is no central heating in the house. Wow, you've got you've got the authentic experience, truly. Indeed, exactly. Um, and because it's a Grade One listed building, we cannot just put uh, heating in. Uh, but my husband and I, we are Tudor fans through and through, and we've always dreamt about living in a true Tudor house, where you get to feel, to smell, to see uh, Tudor life. And this house is just it. It's as close as you can get as a person today. What it must have felt like to live because you. You, you moved there not that long ago and you've been really busy, haven't you? If, if anybody follows you on Instagram and you, you must tell us your Instagram handle, but you're always posting the projects that you're doing, the kitchen garden and all the yeah. furniture, etc. So maybe you want to tell us about what you've been doing with the house since you moved it and when you moved in, actually. Uh, well, we, we moved in in November 19 and thought at the time oh we've got a few months ahead of us where we can ask plumbers to come in and other treatment to help us get the place perfect well as we all know <laughs> plans have changed <laughs> so i was left to do a lot by myself so my husband and i have been quietly working away behind the scenes and doing what we could do in a safe manner and also what would be uh, acceptable for grade one this building yeah. uh, but uh, one by one all the bedrooms were slightly tudified <laughs> with authentic furniture i mean the furniture i did bring from our last place i have been uh, collecting and restoring uh, authentic uh, for a long, long time. 
and it was our last home that had to hold that vast collection and it just didn't look right because it was a farmhouse right. and so, uh, the farmhouse my furniture just looked out of place because we are talking about big four poster beds mm -hmm. and, and they just didn't look right but here they really shine oh. the furniture brings the whole house to life that's amazing and and um, you know i was saying to people obviously you you know you've been kindly collaborating with tudor travel guy for a while writing amazing food blogs because food is your passion and you've created this or you're in the midst of creating an authentic tudor garden and kitchen garden and you used to look like you've been because you've got a moat as well haven't you which is just like you've got the foot you've got the full works tell us about the garden it's actually the mode that attracted us to the place because um, we, we weren't actually looking to move uh, at all. Uh, so we always say this house found us oh, because goodness. my husband was looking for uh, a property suitable for a friend um, and that this house popped up on his feet. And he started to look and he said, oh, my goodness, look at this place. It's come available. Oh, look, there's even a moat because he knew that I love original medieval moats because I had this dream, this vision to even uh, have my own fish. So on a Friday, Wednesday or Saturday, to, to the manor, let's go and get the fish and prepare it. Um, and I looked at it very briefly and thinking, oh, wow, what a dream. Uh -huh. But I thought, no, 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 we're not moving. <laughs> and he, behind my back, made um, an appointment to see the place. <laughs> and I remember being so cross with him. And I said, God, we are not wasting somebody else's time, are we? Um, and he just said to me, you can either stay or come. Well, I think. And... As soon as we arrived, even before we went inside, we both felt we've come home. Yeah, I mean, unreal. I had never, ever felt anything like that. And we knew on the way home, we knew that was it. We're going to give it our everything. And we rang the guy and said, listen, this is how much we can afford. We can't. We know we, you've got more people lined up. We can't afford a penny more. But we are, you know, committed. Uh, this is what we do for business. We run the Tudor and 17th century experience. Mm -hmm. We will um, honour your property. We will not turn it into some five-star, uh, very modern, pastiche-looking Tudor palace. We will value what you have here. And he accepted our offer. <gasps> Isn't that wonderful? What a fantastic story. That is the perfect property story. And yeah. and somebody who valued your values and what you were going to do yeah. with the house. Yeah. And oh, I, I think, love that. Yeah, I think that is what sold it to the previous owner because he obviously loved this property. He and his family stayed here for 42 years. Mm. Uh, and they did a lot of research uh, into the history of the place and they did a lot of the most basic work uh, but obviously if you live in a place for 42 years some it's get a bit tired yeah uh, and yeah it was important for me to put my own stamp yeah on. of course now you mentioned of course and we've said it a couple of times but you mentioned that you run the Tudor and 17th century experience so tell us about that because people can come and stay with you and they can immerse themselves in Tudor life so can you can you share with us some experiences and stories and the things you get up to yes of course the very basic idea behind it is that you just don't come as a tourist. You come and you stay as a personal friend of the Lord and the Lady, as you would have in 16th century England. So we are not your typical hotel or restaurant. You have to buy into the whole thing. So as, as soon as you 
step inside, you step back in time. You step back into Tudor England. Uh, we will uh, awake you in costume. Oh, wonderful. Uh, and uh, we do encourage our visitors to also come either in costume or allow us to kit them out over the weekend or how long they stay. And from then onwards, everything will more or less, you know, 21st century health and safety regulations in place mm -hmm. allow you to experience what it would have been like if you came to stay here in this particular manor house between 1500 and 1600. So the food is all homemade from authentic um, recipe books or sources and uh, entertainment later on is again all authentic and even the garden, everything around you will be a mirror of history. So you can really get a good feel for what it was like. But it means that if you come in the winter, it might be a bit chilly during the day. So you have to wear a few layers underneath uh, to stay warm. But uh, yeah, we've been doing it for two winters now and here we are yeah you've we survived, have you've survived. Uh, we do very much appreciate the open fires in the evening it's one of the highlights all day long you you keep looking at the watch thinking oh yeah oh, soon we can light the fire but it, it, it's to us it's heaven on earth we love the Tudor period. We both are very interested in social history of the period. So to us, this is a dream come true. We can step back and share this experience with visitors. But obviously, it is our home, and therefore we are restricted on how many people we can allow in at any time. Mm. So you have to be book. You can't just turn up at the doorstep. Hello, I've just come through. And uh, have you got a room ready? Because I might not. <laughs> well, I just I just want to say, just, I just have to know, true to 16th century experience, the sound can be a little bit um, bobbly. So I'm just apologising to the listeners because occasionally your, your voice is a little bit muffled. But I think we're okay. And I think people can hear what you're saying. But there you are in the middle of the English countryside and in a Chew Tudor right. property, so it's all authentic and in keeping, eh? <laughs> and, and it's the high ceiling that are the problem. Uh -huh. Every room is really, really high. I think if I have to guess five to, depending on where you are, five to ten metres above me, and hence uh, behind me, the tapestry, it helps uh, to avoid those muffling sounds. Yeah. Lovely. But, but you're right, you know, I think the amazing, we all read about Tudor history, but what you've created there is a chance for people to touch, to smell it, to feel it. And that brings, that truly does bring history to life in, in a way that you just don't get if you're just reading a book. So um, how amazing. And um, well, I for one can't wait to join you in this place. And in fact, there is the perfect opportunity. Uh, if you've been listening to this and you've been literally sort of salivating at the idea and you'd love to join with me and Brigitte for a weekend of immersing yourself in Tudor history, then we are collaborating on a Live Like a Tudor weekend, which is running over the 21st to 22nd of August, which I understand is your birthday weekend, Brigitte. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so I'm actually, at the moment, researching how birthdays were celebrated so we can make that bit of the plan oh that would be wonderful so we so this is going to take place over a weekend folk will arrive on the friday and then there's going to be a whole series of activities um, that are going to be going on over that weekend so 
let's talk a little bit about those. Maybe you want to share from the your perspective from the old hall what people can can expect, and then maybe I can add one or two other things into that as well. Well, obviously, it's very much weather depending. It was then as it is now. But the plan is to have a few talks about Tudor food in general, uh, banqueting food, which was so important. I shall give you a little bit of an insight on how you can spot Tudor furniture and what's important about Tudor furniture. Uh, the same we do in the garden. I will guide you around and point out particular uh, to the plants when they were imported by the Tudors and why. Then obviously on Sunday we have to have our archery practice. Of course, of course. <laughs> uh, we, as you know, we also have our very own chapel. So those who would like to do a true Sunday morning uh, in Tudor style are very welcome to see it sometime in the chapel. And my plan is also to get some of my early dance friends in to teach us some Tudor dances. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, because music and dance has to be part of it, doesn't it? Of course it does. That's entertainment. The Tudors love their dancing. And for, for, from somebody who myself, I've done Tudor reenactment, I've done Tudor dancing. It is such a joy and it totally transports you. So that's going, along with the archery, and I'm a little bit fond of archery, um, that's going to be a couple of the highlights um, of the weekend. But you're also going to cook authentic Tudor food for us, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Taking into account various intolerances that people might have uh, and also vegetarian friends that we know will be attending. So it can all be taken into account, but obviously I need time, a little bit of time to look into it and make sure it's all authentic and acceptable. And uh, there will also be authentic Tudor nibbles and drinks available in the rooms. And so people don't need to go hungry at all. In fact, they probably go home really, really stuffed. <laughs> and hopefully all full of how lovely Tudor food really is. Because you hear so many stories about how uh, disgusting and awful the food must have been it's far far from it you really will be surprised just how lovely it is yeah well i i you're one of my you're one of your recipes for tudor parsnip cakes is one of my favorite recipes now it's absolutely delicious so um and so also on a, from my point of view i'm also going to be doing a talk about um dressing a tudor lady so as i intimated I do do reenactment. I have um, several uh, rather glorious Tudor gowns and I do a talk called Under a Lady's Skirt. So we're going to recreate that for you so you can get a chance to see how the um, costume of a, a, a high class Tudor lady is put together, really. And, um, you know, there will be chance, hopefully, to, for people to wear at least some element of a Tudor costume, even if it's just a hood or a hat. Obviously, we don't have, you know, we've got a limited number of sizes of gowns and so on and so forth available. But as you were mentioning, Brigitte, you do have some uh, uh, costumes that folk can wear. So hopefully there'll be a chance for people to slip into something. Yes? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And even if it's only a head gear piece, it just puts you a little bit more into the mood as well, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. And when you see your face surrounded, you know, framed by a French hood, if you've not worn one before, it's, it's, it does really transport you. Even that does something. Um, the only other thing I really want to talk about is on the Saturday, we are hoping to take a day trip out to Kentwell. Uh, now, Kentwell um, in Suffolk has one of the longest standing, most highly regarded and largest Tudor reenactment festivals in the world. So we've 
time to this weekend so that we can align with their high summer festival. Now, of course, it's going to be COVID allowing, but it does look like Kentwell are running events this year, although there's, there's COVID compliance obviously involved. So whether the house will be open or not, whether it's just going to be in the gardens, we're not quite sure yet, but we are absolutely hoping to make that a glorious day out. I went to Kentwell just two years ago for the first time and it there are literally hundreds of Tudor reenactors and they they reenact the entire spectrum of Tudor society so from the bottom to the lord and lady of the manor and you wander around the grounds meeting these Tudor characters talking to them and they talk back to you as if they were there in Tudor times oh my goodness I had the, one of the best days out I have ever had I I rarely spend a whole day out somewhere, but there was so much to see and do. And I had such a great time. I, I loved it. I was absolutely buzzing. It is, you have to experience it. But the problem there for me was that you, as the visitor, you can't take part. And that's where we come in. So you get to see the best of everything. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you get your Tudor juices flowing. Then we come back to the old hall. We eat Tudor food. We we're entertained with Tudor entertainment. We have a full day on the Sunday uh, where we can again continue with our entertainment. Ah, oh, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. So what I'm just going to say to folks listening is, if this has got your got you salivating, you're thinking, oh my goodness. I want to get out there and I want to experience this for myself, then all you need to do is look in the description associated with this podcast and I shall put a link to a page where you can find out more information and indeed you can book your spot. There are a limited number of places because, of course, as you were saying earlier, Brigitte, there is a limited amount of space. So um, do make sure you don't miss out. Go and have check out that page and... Um, for a number of folk, first come, first serve, there are rooms available, Brigitte, at your place. But if not, yes. then there is also local hotels that people can yes. stay at. Uh, well, we still have three rooms. The others are already booked from when we first were going to run it last year. So those uh, bookings obviously are still in place. Um, but we have three rooms uh, still available. But uh, there are also rooms available all over Norwich, which is just 10 minutes uh, down the road. So it, it, you'll find something that suits your pocket and uh, your taste. Yes, and as you say, Brigitte, we were due to run this last year, but of course, COVID totally got in the way. So like many events, we rolled this forward into this year, and it's looking very promising. As I was saying at the top of this podcast, uh, almost, in fact, the government is saying by the end of July, the whole of the entire adult population will be vaccinated here in the UK. So I'm really, really optimistic that everything is going to go smoothly. So Brigitte, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of a flavour of your amazing house there. And I cannot wait to see you in August. Well, I can't wait to welcome all of you here <laughs> and to share my passion with you. Well, thanks, Brigitte, and we'll see you soon. We'll see you. Bye. Phew, that was amazing, wasn't it? Um, so I'm so excited about that. I do hope that if you are able you will be able to join us. It's going to be such a special weekend. If you're a Tudor history lover, there is nothing like tasting and feeling and sensing Tudor history to bring it alive, as I was saying in the chat there with Brigitte. So just a reminder that the information relating to that will be in the description below. Uh, so just follow the link and you will be able to get more info and indeed book your place. Well, my friends, that is all for today's Travel Essentials. Phew, we seem to have covered a massive amount of territory there. I do hope you've enjoyed it. I certainly have. And I will look forward, of course, to seeing you at the beginning of the next month when, well, when I will be back with the main show, the Tudor History and Travel Show uh, for the month of May. But until then, my friends, wherever you are in the world, do stay well. And of course, look after yourself and I'll see you on the road very shortly.
Thanks for tuning in, folks. Now remember, if you've enjoyed the show, please do like, rate and subscribe to this podcast to spread the Tudor love. Until next time. Oh,